Okay, so uh, I, okay, I guess last week didn't scare didn't scare you guys off, so it's fine. So last week we were talking about we began really learning told us Yaakov Yosef, and the way we went about doing it was to show a certain aspect of what you find in told us Yaakov Yosef in particular, but just really more in general those couple first generations of Chassidus, which is uh, oh we have extra copies if anyone uh, still needs on this side does that does anyone need on this side copies are you good you good. In case, then maybe. Um, yeah, so what's it, what's in general unique to those first couple generations, in terms of showing how the Balshemtiv came to sort of expand the territory of the uh, teachings of the Rizal. So the Rizal came and revealed things that, until the Balshemtiv were completely esoteric and completely in like the spiritual sense, and the Balshemtiv comes and sort of uh, brings it down to earth or, or shows how even this world is also part of that universe that Theresa was talking about. So last week we showed an example of this in terms of an avoida that's called Hamtaka Sadinim, a sweetening judgment. So we talked about that, how we gave an example how when the kiss fairy, what that looks like to when, a, when, a difficult, when there's a difficulty in a person's life or Bechlal. Um, according to Arizal, we talked about the Kavana of how to sweeten such a matziv, how to, how to sweeten such a judgment, how to turn it turn the situation from din to chesed. And then we showed how, in the Talos Yaakov Yosef, or the Baal Shem Tev, how that, uh, what that looks like in terms of uh, people like us, how we can do such things. Um, again, taking that idea from the Rizal and showing how you could actually live with it. So along the same lines, we're going we're gonna to learn tonight as well. It's related to this idea of Amtaka Sadinim, of, of turning a situation that can potentially be negative and actually turn it into something positive. Uh, but it's also uh, a different avoida as well, as you'll see in a second. Okay, so a little bit of background first before we see inside uh, from Ataldus. Um, in the Kisari, we find the following idea. Now, what I'm going to say for the next 30 seconds or a minute or so is not going to make much sense at all, okay? But just this is what you find in the Kisari. The reason I revealed that there's basically, break it down like this, there's basically two madregas in a person's avoidas Hashem. There's two madregas. There's, there's what's called godless region, first adulthood, first adulthood, and then what's called godless sheni, second adulthood. Bechlal, the word godless in the Rizal doesn't just mean, obviously, physically when a person's a bar mitzvah or bas mitzvah or, or older than that. Godless means godless hamaychen. It means maychen the godless. It means having a certain, certain spiritual consciousness to... Uh, to live as, a, as, a, as an Adam Godla, as a great person. And the reason I said there's two basic madrigas is what's called godless region and godless sheni. Now, in the writings of the Rizal, these two levels of serving Hashem, or two levels of thinking, two levels of consciousness, uh, is very much connected to Shabbos in the following way. That, Bechlal, during the six days of the week, and including Friday night, Okay, that's a tekufa, that's a time period where a person, generally speaking, is living in a way of godless rishon, of that first adulthood. The day, Shabbos day, that's the tekufa, that's a time period of godless shame. In the writings of the Rizal, this is connected to the two uh, psukim that the Rabbana Shalom uses to give us the mitzvah of Shabbos in the first luchas versus the second luchas. Again, none of this makes sense yet, okay, but just bear with me. The first luchas describes Shabbos as Zohar, as Yom HaShavos remember Shabbos, say Zohar. And the second luchas said Shomar, as Yom HaShavos, guard Shabbos. 
<coughs> and in the Zohar Kodesh we find that Shomer and Zohar, these two ways of describing Shabbos, Shomer corresponds to Friday night, and Zohar corresponds to Shabbos day. And that's why, you know, for example, Friday night, uh, by davening, before uh, Meir, before, during Meir, we say for Shomru, but he's also Shabbos, and so on. So Friday night is, is Shomer, Shabbos day is Zohar. And the Rizal explains the deeper meaning of that is that Shomer, Friday night, that equals godless Rishon, that's first adulthood. Zohar, and Shabbos day, that's called godless Shani. That's what we find in the Kisveri. Okay. Now, by the early Mekubalim, the early Mekubalim, a little bit after that read, but before the Baal Shem Tev, when they talk about these two levels of Avodah Hashem, see, when, when Narizal talked about it, first adulthood, second adulthood, Friday night, Shabbos day, Shomer and Zohar, uh, when Narizal talked about it, it was all on a very, very mystical level, Shemus Akdashim, without any sense of practicality in it. When the early Mekubalim sort of used that idea and to explain it, the way they very often explained it was in the following way. That godless Rishon, first adulthood, Shamar, Friday night, okay, that all means, basically, practically speaking, it means a person serving the Rabbani Shalom, and this is how they would describe it, serving the Rabbani Shalom, Al-Pidar HaTeva. What does it mean to serve Hashem within nature, Al-Pidar HaTeva? So, <clears throat> the way... It was always explained, again, before the Baal Shem Tev was, is that Alpidar Chateva means in a normal, relatively commonplace way. What does it mean Alpidar Chateva? Alpidar Chateva means uh, you wake up at a normal time and you go to Shachris. Alpidar Chateva means that, uh, you know, you try to be as, as careful as you possibly normally can with uh, keeping halachas properly, learning, for example, uh, within reasonable amount of effort to put into learn. And then there's something called God Lusheni, second adulthood, right? And second adulthood, that Shabbos day, and that Zachar Siyam HaShabbos Zekadshay, the early Mekabalim explained the meaning of that is to serve the Rabbanu Shalom, L'mal Midar What does it mean above nature? It means, and again, the way, the, the, the usual examples that were given in the earlier generations, it means, what does it mean to serve Hashem? What does it look like when a person is serving Hashem, L'mal Midar It means he's not just, uh, you know, Waking, waking up at, uh, you know, to get to Shachar. This is a person that's barely sleeping, you know. This is a person that uh, is going to the mikveh ten times a day. This is uh, a person who's, you know, having a tiny dibor that's barely speaking to other people, barely eating, tanesim, sigufim. The person is living in, in almost a supernatural way. That's how it was always framed. Again, so you have these two things, godless rishon, godless sheni, Friday night, Shabbos day, Shomer and Zohar, and the way it was always interpreted is Derechateva and Lamalmi Derechateva. And what does that mean? So it was always explained again. Derechateva means serving the Rebbeinu Shalom within uh, within what's considered to be the normal, you know, uh, range of uh, human beings, the average, the average way. And then Lamalmi Derechateva means to mamish be a parish, someone that's separate from physical life, even someone that punishes themselves physically. Almost living like a malach. That's always how it was interpreted. So now what we're going to see tonight is how the Toldos Yaakov Yosef, in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, reinterprets that. Reinterprets that. And, it's, uh, and this, is, this is the reason why I'm picking this as, as another example to learn. Even though there's many, many things in the Toldos Yaakov Yosef we can do, the reason why I'm picking this in particular is because, just like last time, this touches on a very, very core principle maybe even the most core principle in all of Tarsus Hasidus. So let's see together inside, okay? This is, um, 
there's a little bit of a hodgepodge from a number of different places in the Tal-Dasiak of Yosef. So, you know, I'm just putting it together like this. It might, it, so it might, it might sound like it's one big long piece, but it's, uh, it's not. So in Baramaka number one, this is a Tal-Dasiak of Yosef in Parshas Vietze. Okay, so the first, in the beginning, he's going to quote, basically, you're going to see what I, just, what I just said without any real change. And uh, again, that's, that's, that's the Chiddush, that's one of the, the unique qualities of Tzadus Yaakov Yosef, is that it's built on what we have from Nari and what we have from earlier generations, but then there's the, uh, the Valshantiv <laughs> twist. So he says like this, There's two madregas, there's two levels of involvement in Torah and in Avodah Hashem. Echad al piyateva, okay. One is within what's called al piyderachateva, what's within nature. Again, in the language of the Rizal, that's called godless reason, right? Gematri elokim, hateva nature is well known. It's equals gematri the name elokim. Hanikra shamar, again, like I said before, that's connected shamar, which is Friday night. Ve'echad shulamal miyateva, and there's another level which is called above nature, the nikra zacher, and that's called zacher. And in other places we find that that's also reference to Yudke Vavke. If Elohim means nature, if that divine name Elohim is associated with nature, which is associated with Friday night, which is associated with Godless Rishon, so Shabbos day, which is Zachar, is Yudke Vavke. Okay. V'negedze, and corresponding to these two madregas of, again, serving Hashem within nature and serving Hashem above nature, Yish Beis Sugem There's one, there's two different types of people, right? Echad HaMesnaigal Piyateva. There's one person that's serving Hashem in that first level, which is Alpiteva, and Beis HaMesnaig Lamal Midarchateva. And the second person that's serving Hashem, Limal Midarchateva. Okay. Marmokka number two, also in Parshas V'yetzeh, the Toldus, so far, this is classic. He says, Ubeklolos Ha'olam, in a general, broader sense, you can define these two madregas and these two types of Oivdi Hashem, because these are both holy people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you pull, take a step back for a second, even godless Rishan, we're talking about godless, right? So there's such a thing as katnas, there's something, such a thing as immaturity, and, pe- and a person that's not taking their Yiddishkeit seriously. But we're talking about someone that is. We're talking about uh, godless. But even within godless, there's godless Rishan and godless Shani. So the Talmud explains, in a general sense, we could sort of define that there's two types of people. There's a gashmi stick a person and a ruchni stick a person. Both people in these categories are serving Hashem strongly. They're, again, we're talking about godless over here. But if you want to classify it in these terms, you would say that the person that's holding by godless rishon, by first adulthood, by Friday night, serving Hashem al piteva, we could classify that person as ishagashmi, as a physical person. Ki ishagashmi misnayg al piteva. So he's his. Uh, this is a, a person that's magushim, person that's physical, that's very much connected with gashmias. So even though he's serving Hashem, but he's serving Hashem al piteva. Again, and the classic examples were, uh, the way it was always interpreted, like I said, was that he's serving Hashem Vapitava means that he's not necessarily pushing himself to go way beyond what he thought uh, he can handle. He's whatever is within comfort zone for him. But again, he's serving Hashem, so it's called godless. But it's godless Rishon, it's Abidar Chateva, and that's called the Nish Gashmi. Vesha Ruchoni, however, a Ruchni is a spiritual person, that's Lamalmiatava, that means he's serving Hashem, Lamalmiatar Chateva, which again classically always meant he's going way beyond his comfort zone, way beyond uh, even uh, his human limitations. Okay. They seem to be taking it as a given that Gashmi is a bad thing, though, and they haven't actually described why. 
So this is, this is where we're going to see the shift. This is where we're going to see the shift. So in the classical, in the classical senses, it was always uh, understood that, you know, that the highest madrega is to go, is to push oneself beyond the constraints of one's own limit, uh, human limitations. That's always what it meant, to be an ishruch, ruchani, godless sheni, and so on. Okay, so Maramokah number three, the Taldis, is going to redefine uh, these terms for us and redefine what Avodah Hashem is really about. What he's, what he's uh, building off of is a famous Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara tells us famously that Rishim Ba'ichai and his son right, had to run away from the Romans, and so they're staying, uh, they went to a cave, right? They hid in the cave for 12 years. And again, I'm sure you know the story, so just very, very quickly, they're in a cave for 12 years, they come out of the cave, and they see people that are, that are, that, uh, are, are being chayrish, b'shas harisha. they're plowing, they're going to work, they're taking care of things of this world. And Rishimon and his son turn to each other and they say, I can't believe such a thing, that these people are oizvim chay oilam. They're neglecting eternal life and they're being involved in temporal life, in, in the life of uh, the temporary life of this world. And they became so upset by this, wherever they put their eyes, that place uh, was consumed in a fire. So Baskal, a heavenly voice, came out and said, the Hashem said, I didn't take you out of the cave to destroy my world. Go back to the cave. They go back for 12 months. They come out of the cave, and all of a sudden things are different, to the point of where the Gemara says that the, they were still a little bit bothered, but they were definitely toned down, until finally they saw an old man that was running Friday after, right, Friday, almost Friday night, right at that time of, of candle lighting, and he was holding two bunches of myrtles, right, two adasim, and they asked him, why are you running with this? And, they said, and he said, Lekavit Shabbos, and they asked him, why two? Zacher and Shamar. And they said, oh, see how amazing that the Jewish people love mitzvahs like this, that even an old man is running with two adasim, zacher v'shamar, it's Yashua Dayat, and they felt better. That's the Gemara. Okay, so the Toldis is coming to explain what exactly happened during those last 12 months. What exactly, what was the Chiddush that they learned at that moment that changed their entire outlook, that when they came out and they still saw people working, they had more of a calmness to that. And then the old man teaching them something, what was going on? Okay, so in Marmokka number three, the Toldis says like this. In the beginning, in those first 12 years, Shimon and Rabbi Lazar understood things the way it was understood pre Balshem, basically. In the beginning, what they believed is as follows. That what, what is the domain of Oedis Hashem? Where, where is that arena of Oedis Hashem? They, they felt, they felt that Oedis Hashem is only called Elakish Isaac Adam Betarutvila. There's a, certain, there's a certain program that's called Avadis Hashem. It means when you're learning, it means when you're davening, when you're fasting, when you're crying, things that we define as Avadis Hashem. Therefore, therefore, when they saw and they came out of the cave after 12 years, and they saw that people were involved in not that, they were involved in, in physical life, they became very upset. And they said, that they're abandoning eternal life, and they're only being involved in temporary life. And said the Taldis, that attitude itself, which is to think that the domain of Vodis Hashem is specific to certain activities that are spiritual in nature, davening, learning, fasting, going to mikveh, and so on and so forth, having that mentality Said the, said the Taldas, and we find this in many, many Svarim as well, in, in Chesidus, that mentality itself brings within a person a negative eye. It brings within a person a negativity towards the world, towards 
towards other people that it might not be involved in those areas of spiritual pursuit. And it brings a negativity even on the person himself, because at some point in life, you can't always be learning and you can't always be davening. So this idea and this, this, this type of growth, this type of perspective, that Avodah Hashem means Torah, Tefillah, fasting, davening, crying, and so on, it's a, it's a gewaldig thing. But at the end of the day, it brings harayinaf. It actually creates din. Last week we were talking about how to be mamtik, how to soften judgment when you find yourself in a difficult, in a din situation. Now what we're seeing is that there is such a thing is that through a person's avaydas Hashem, you could actually be the one that's causing the din. Just like in the case of Shimon and his son, when they came out of the cave, wherever they put their eyes, it was consumed in fire. It was like Superman, laser beams, like a magic trick. It's not a magic, magic trick. We could be doing that too. When a person looks at a situation with those eyes of, of negativity, saying and thinking that this is not a domain of Avadis Hashem, then what that is doing by itself is that you're repelling God's presence. Remember last week we talked about this, that what's the definition of softening, of sweetening judgments? That you're in an environment which is full of judgment, it's a difficult situation, which means that the way you initially um, come in contact with it is that you see this as a place that's empty of God's presence, and that's why it's a difficult situation. So your avoid is what? Is to reintroduce God into that place. Bringing the Aleph into the Din, we talked about that. And we, sp- we gave examples last week of trying to find something positive in the situation, and that positivity, that's God's presence there, and by doing so, you can redefine the entire experience. This process, one can... The, 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 the Din itself, which is which is an environment that's empty of God, a person can do that themselves. How so? By going into a situation where Shimon left the cave. I mean, to speak about them, but when they left the cave and they looked at a person plowing their field, that, that place burnt in fire. It was consumed in fire. How so? By them looking at that situation as if it's an environment that's empty of God's presence. It's empty of Avodah Hashem, that this is not the arena of Avodah Hashem. That itself is is removing the Aleph from that place, thus, thus turning it into a place of Din. So it's only, it, it, it only follows suit that that place is going to be destroyed. Because what you're doing is bringing Kharainaf into the world. So just as there's the Avaid of when you find yourself in a difficult place to, to inject the Aleph into that environment and sort for the Din, so too the Taldas is saying that we have to make sure that even when we, that when we go about life, that we're not the ones creating that vacuum of the Aleph, that we don't create a, a situation of just din without an Aleph. So he says like this, uh, when they saw that, that, and they had that mentality of that this place is emptied of, uh, of Chai Oilam, that this is just temporary and there's nothing here of, of inherent value, that was creating a situation of din. Until a heavenly voice came out and forced them to enter back into the cave, Virgishu, and what were the, what was the what were they supposed to be you know coming to in that place? The the, the next madrega that they reached in that final twelve months in the cave was a path that's more b'derech harachemim. Which is to realize that the arena of Avodah Hashem is not isolated to particular situations of Torah, Avodah, davening, learning, fasting. 
Avodas Hashem is, an, is, is, is something that can be experienced in every particular situation in life. This was the Chiddush that was revealed to them in those final 12 months in the cave. So when they come out, everything changes. Now everything that they see is full of light. Now let me, let me explain a little bit to appreciate the oymik of where this is coming from. What the Taldas Yaakov Yosef is doing over here is changing on its head what Godless Rishon and Godless Shani means. Again, until now, Godless Rishon meant serving the Rabbanu Shalom al-Piteva. Godless Shani meant serving the Rabbanu Shalom l'mal mi-derech Yeah, And what did that mean? So the classical interpretation always was, Derech HaTeva means serving the Rabbanu Shalom in a way that what? That's within reasonable effort. And Lamaru Derech HaTeva means to go way beyond. The, the Baal Shem Tov taught, Derech HaTeva and Lamaru Derech HaTeva doesn't mean how much effort you're putting in. Derech HaTeva, Lamaru Derech HaTeva means how are you viewing reality? Are you viewing reality from the human being perspective as a human being within the construct of Teva? Or are you seeing reality from the way the Rabbanu Shalom sees things? That's what's called Lamal Midar HaTava. This is at the core of what Tarsa Hasidus is about. The ultimate, when you boil all of Hasidus down to its most basic element, the fundamental principle that the Baal Shem Tov came to reveal to the world is that Avodis Hashem has to be oriented, not how the human being sees creation and trying to grow from that perspective. The ultimate core teaching of the Baal Shem Tov is, is that all of this Hashem has to be oriented and guided based on how the Rabbani Shalom sees the universe. And those two perspectives, how we see things and how the Rabbani Shalom sees things, changes everything. From the human being perspective, from the human being perspective, which is now defined as seeing things, as serving the Rabbani Shalom, al piderech ha within nature. Nature means the world that was created. And now you're in that nature, and you're from that, uh, you're in that world that was created. From your vantage point, you look at reality as something that's empty of meaning, empty of value, empty of God's presence. That's what it means to be created. That's what it means to be created. And now, as a created person, now when you see, when you try to evaluate what Avodah Hashem looks like, your perspective is going to be to try to get out of this place, to try to find to try to escape the universe that was created through, through, uh, you know, through God withdrawing himself. In other words, the, the, the difference between our, the perspective of, of the Bria, the perspective of that which is created, versus the perspective of the creator is the following thing. The perspective of the created, I've, I've mentioned this many times before, so I'm sure this is familiar to some of you at least, the perspective of the created, of that which is created is, is that I exist and God's not here, right? That's what it means, to be, to be, uh, to be something, to be, uh, uh, to be a nivra, to be that which is created means, by its very definition, that you're not the buyer. It means that you're not the creator. You're the created, not the creator. Which means that the environment you live in is an environment that's not the environment of the creator. So now as the created, as the nivra, in an environment that is not the Bayre, that is not the creator, right? You are the, you are the, uh, you are the, you know, the, 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 the picture that was painted. You're not the painter. So because, from that perspective, and now your objective is to find the Bayre, to find the creator, where are you going to find him? Well, it's not going to be here. It's not going to be in the world that was created by the Bayre. That, that the, the, again, Nivra and Bayre are two opposite things, right? Either you're the creator, or you're the created. If I'm the created, if I'm that which is created, then I'm not going to find, then, then this place is not the 
arena. This is not, this is not where the Bayre lives. The Bayre lives in his side of the rainbow, and he created us in this world. So Avodis Hashem, which is from the perspective of the Nivra, is going to be an Avodis Hashem, which is ultimately focused on trying to get out of this place. And there's nothing that's in this place that's fundamentally saturated with, with holiness, because by its very definition, you're not the Bayre. This is not the environment, this is not the world of the Bayre, this is the world of the Nivra. That's called, the Baal Shem Tov taught that, that's called serving Hashem with a natural way. It's only natural for a person to see themselves as something that, uh, uh, themselves and the world around them as something that exists outside of God. And so that's what it means to serve Hashem as a Alpiderach as a, That's called Godless Rishon. The Chiddush of Godless Shani is that what? Godless Shani means to serve the Rabbani Shalom Lamal Amiderach Lamalmidarchatava means that you're no longer seeing reality from the perspective of Teva, from the perspective of nature that was created. You're now seeing reality from the perspective of the one that created nature. From the Rabbanishom's perspective, this world is not outside of him. This is the again, this is the chiddush of 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 of, of having eyes. Uh, uh, human eyes or having eyes from the Rabbani Shalom's eyes. The eyes of the Rabbani Shalom doesn't see anything outside of himself. This is the Chiddush. The Rabbani Shalom, you know, again, I mentioned this many times, but one of the, na- one of the names of Hashem, the most mysterious of all names, one of the most mysterious is Hamakim, that he's called the place. And Chazal said the meaning of Hashem being called Hamakim is, Hu He is the place that this world exists in. And this is not, you know, Hu And the meaning of that is, is that when the Rabbani Shalom opens his eyes, Kiviyachal, he doesn't see anything that's outside of his world. And so, Avodis Hashem, according to the Baal Shem Tov, means to be able to transcend one's nature. Transcending one's nature doesn't mean to, to stop eating. Transcending one's nature means to no longer see yourself from the perspective that which is absolutely natural to you, which is as, a, as the created object. Rather, to, see, to begin to see reality how the Rabbani Shalom sees things. And the way the Rabbani Shalom sees things is that everything is still a part of him. We say in davening, and this is, this is at the core of our Amunah, that we say in davening, the Rabbani Shalom, Atuhu Atu Shalom, you are the same, like before creation, the same after creation. From your perspective, the Rabbani Shalom, nothing changed really. From your perspective, from your perspective, every single thing of this world is still connected to you. Our, you know, the Rabbani had to do this funny thing called uh, creating a world that we have like free will. And in order to do that, there has to be this like funny dynamic where at the end of the day, everything that exists only exists because Hashem still is connected to it and is still willing it to exist and thinking about it and investing his energy into it. So from the Rabbani Shalom side of things, anything that exists, he's still a part of. He's still a part of by its, by, by its very definition. Otherwise, it wouldn't be here. But on the other hand, for us to feel a sense of free will and for us to feel a sense of freedom and a sense of, you know, uh, a sense of, uh, of, 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 you know, of, of being tugged into good and to bad and, and to function as human beings, the Rabbanu Shem has to hide that reality from us and make us feel as if this is our universe that we live in, we're in control, and, uh, and, find, and, you know, and do something about it. These two ways of thinking of what reality seems to the eyes of the nivra, to the, to the eyes of that which is created, which is that this place is not the arena of God, 
Whereas the Rabbanu Shalom, the, the, the eyes of the Creator, sees reality as what? As still deeply attached to Him. This is what it means, Godless Rishon, and this is what it means, Godless Shani. First adulthood, the first Madrig of Hashem, which is the six days of the week to Friday night, means that you're still seeing things alpiteva. You're still seeing things the way nature wants to, wants to compel you to see it, which is that this place is physical, that this place is just, it's a, it's a world. And now that you're living in this physical, mundane, superficial, empty place, now you're a Yid, so now try to find God. Where am I going to find God? Well, it's not in this place. I have to go somewhere else. So I have to start fasting, and I have to start uh, beating myself up, and I have to start learning and davening. And there's only a few areas that I'll be able to find the Rabbana Shalom in these areas that I'm sort of disconnected from my Lumaza, whether it be during learning, whether it be during davening, whether it be I fast while I'm under a mikvah or something like that. Any time that I could find a window outside of planet Earth, that's where I'll find God. That's a perspective that comes from Teva. That's a perspective that comes from having the eyes of that which is created. And being created means that you feel that the universe that you live in is a universe that's not deeply connected to the infinite. It's a universe that we function in as regular human beings. So anywhere that's here is not going to be deep and transcendent. If I'm going to find somewhere deep and transcendent and infinite, it's got to be somewhere that's not here. How do I get out of here without a spaceship? So there are certain, there are certain, in, there are certain activities that I can do that get me out of this place. Tyra, Tefillah. But God Lashani means, the Baal Shanta said, God Lashani means to have different eyes, to be able to see things in a way that defies nature. In a way that defies nature. It means to see things the way the Rabbanu Shalom sees things. And the way he sees things, he, his, eyes, his eyes mean to see things that they, that they exist. That the only way anything exists is because the Rabbanu Shalom is deeply connected to it. There can't, fundamentally, there cannot be anything that's outside of him, that's outside of his ruts and that's outside of his will, that's outside of his presence. So what is, yeah? Creation is the machshava of the creator. So it's really, in a certain way, the higher dimension of the creator because it's going to his intention. That's true. That's why you stroll over Machshavat Chila. The deepest, the deepest level we can attach, we can attach ourselves to, is this rotsen to have the world. Right, right. So avoid this Hashem when you're thinking in those ways of what of Lamal Midar Chateva from the Rebbeinu Everything changes. Instead of seeing reality what as a negative place, instead of seeing reality as a place that's empty of that Aleph, it's quite the opposite. All you see is Aleph. All you see is opportunity to connect. And then all of a sudden, the person in Godless Rishon, in first stage, which was everything he saw that was not Torah and davening, was something that made him frustrated and angry. All of a sudden, in the second madrig of Godless Sheni, where you now have the eyes of the Creator, and now what's called Lamalmi Derchateva, above nature, now everything you see brings a nachas ruach and brings comfort because you, you're everywhere you, every, every place that you bump into, every experience you have, that's the Bar Yolam. That's where the Bar Yolam is. There's no such thing as an environment that's outside of the of of, of Hashem. You see what's happening over here. It, it flips up on its head. The highest madrega before the Baal Shem Tov was l'mal midarchat. Everyone agrees. The highest madrega is what's called serving Hashem l'mal midarchat But what does that mean? So before the Baal Shem Tov, where everything was always oriented from with having the eyes of the created, the eyes of Teva, then what is the highest madrega to really try to get out of planet Earth? 
to really try to escape this place. And the difference between the first level and the second level before the Baal Shantav was how disconnected am I from planet Earth? If I'm a little bit disconnected, that's called Godless Rishon. If I'm very disconnected, that's called Godless Shani. But the Baal Shantav is saying it's completely not like that. The first level is, is what is the eyes of the Creator. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the eyes of the created. The eyes of the Nivra, that which is created. And then you're right, the perspective is the goal is to get out of this place because this place has no inherent attachment to, 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 to divine. It, it's nothing, it's the created. But God Lashani means what? God Lashani means that you now put in the eyes of the creator and from the eyes of the creator, everything all of a sudden has meaning. So then your entire avayda shifts. You're no longer trying to escape. Now you're actually happy to embrace and everything changes. This is, a, like I said, this is, this is the most fundamental principle of the Baal Shantav, which is that Avedis Hashem is about reaching the level of seeing things from the perspective of the Creator. What that does is it changes everything. Everything then becomes about trying to engage in Oilam Hazah and deal with Oilam Hazah and find depth in Oilam Hazah. Because there's no reason... There's no reason to get out of this place. There's no reason to leave here. More than that, if the Rabbanu Shalom created this world, it means obviously this is where he wants us to be. So the, now that we're, when we're, we're created, we're trying, to, uh, we're trying to go back. But the Rabbanu Shalom is saying, why go back? That's, uh, by me, it's boring. I want it to be by you. And so take a look at my... So again, that's what the Taldus is saying, is that this was the shift between the first 12 years and the final 12 months. The first 12 years of Shimon and his son reached Godless Rishon. But the final 12 months, Rishimin and his son reached God Lashani. And by God Lashani, which means, which means having the eyes of the Creator, then all of a sudden when you leave the cave, it's all Gavaldic. And when they see the old man running with two myrtles, Zachar and Shomer, this is what, what is revealed to them is that the higher Madrig, which is Zachar, which is Shabbos day, actually means to, 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 to be able to settle into planet Earth and not to feel that there's any place that you have to leave. Marmok number four, take a look at this. This is from another Sefer from the Taldus. So it's a small Kuntras, Kuntras Achrin. So he says like this, <clears throat> A person has to leave that place of, of being judgmental. Not to be down the kav chayv, not to be, not to be, uh, you know, to be judgmental on the world. Rather, a person has to enter into that place, into that madrega, that avoida, which is called rachamim. And instead of being negative about everything, be positive about everything. Be malamid tzchus on the world. And now the Taldus gives examples. Let's say you see someone do something negative. You see someone do an Avera, you see someone do something terrible. So let's give an example. You see someone do something mamish awful. So there's two ways to look at that scenario. You can look at it with godless reason, or you can look at it with godless shani. What does it mean to look at the situation with a godless reason? So godless reason means, oh, you see that guy? I can't believe he did that. He's such a shagitz, he's such a Russia. That's what godless reason looks like. You're seeing things from the perspective of the created, and the perspective of the created is that that guy is just a guy, he's a human being, and clearly he's a bad guy because he did something terrible. But what does it mean to see things from God Lashani? Seeing things from God Lashani means I am now seeing things from the eyes of the creator, which means that everything I'm seeing is really the Rabbani Shalom. So when I see this guy do something wrong, that's the Rabbani Shalom talking to me. That's the Rabbani Shalom sending me a message about myself. I'm not seeing Ruvain do something wrong. I'm not seeing Shim do something wrong. 
these are aberrations. Reuven and Shimon don't really exist. Reuven and Shimon are messengers of the Rabbanu Shalom to tell me something about myself. And if I see Reuven breaking Shabbos, chas v'shalom, that's not Reuven breaking Shabbos. That's the Rabbanu Shalom telling me, work on your Shabbos. How does the Rabbanu Shalom communicate to us? We don't have nevuah. The Rabbanu Shalom communicates to us by, 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 by putting these images in front of our eyes, which is Reuven, Shimon, Levi. So by, 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 by being in that mode of God Lashani, then all of a sudden the person in front of you is not a person. That's the Rabbanu Shalom talking to you. And so what is he saying? Well, if I see Reuven doing something wrong, that's Hashem telling me, work on yourself. He says like this, If you see something ugly in a friend, so you have to recognize and feel that that's for your own benefit. That means Rabbanu Shalom is saying to you that you have something to work on in that, in that Indian. And then immediately, the, the thought process should be to do tshuva about that particular Indian. And that's something you should be besimcha over. You should be happy over the fact that you saw something terrible. Why? Because you say to yourself, if I didn't see that, if I was in my, my own house and I wasn't exposed to that, I would have thought that I'm a big tzaddik and I don't have to work on anything. But now I know that I have to work on myself. So Baruch Hashem, that's the Rabbanu Shalom talking to me. It doesn't mean that you have to go out look for Averis. Uh, no. But if you, in, in a situation that's within reason, and you're exposed to something, and you see something that you, that you didn't want to, but you had no choice, and so on, uh, and so on and so forth, that's the Rabbanu Shalom communicating to you. <clears throat> and therefore, another example. Let's say uh, you're in shul, right? You're in shul, and you have a neighbor next to you, and he's doing something that's it's, it's, it's sharing your davening. You're not able to daven. You're trying to learn, and this guy is sharing your learning. Or some other, you know, something that he's, he's sharing you from doing a mitzvah and so on. So what's the initial reaction? We all have the godless reaction reaction is, I can't believe this guy's making me crazy. I'm trying to daven. This guy's making me crazy. Right? That's the initial That's godless reaction. That's already something means that you care about your davening. So it's very nice. But you see the problem is that you care about your davening, but you're seeing that guy as a human being. And that guy as a human being is flawed, he's terrible, and he's staring me. But what's God Lashani? God Lashani is, that's not a guy, that's the Rabbani Shalom. So why would the Rabbani Shalom, you know, make such a thing that I should be distracted? You know why? Because the Rabbani Shalom is telling you, work on your davening. Why are you distracted from this guy? Why are you even hearing it? It's because you're not focusing enough. That, that's what the Rabbani Shalom tells you to focus harder by putting people around you that are distracting. That's called God Lashani. And then all of a sudden, this guy, not only is he not someone, is he someone that, not only is he, does he change from being someone that you look down upon, but he's actually like a Novi. He's Mamash a Novi. This person changed from being someone that you, don't, that you have disdain towards to become someone that's Mamash a Novi. What if a Novi came to you and said, Kayam Hashem, the Rav Hashem loves you, he wants to be Chazik Okay, that's exactly what this person is doing. Now, obviously, you know, there's, 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 huh? Right, so a, that, that's also a mitzvah. So sometimes if you can fix the situation and within the, the right way, then, then you fix the situation. But again, assuming the situation is you can't fix it, then the way you perceive it is, okay, that's Rabbi Shalom telling me to work on myself. So he says, um, 
The person that, what the Rebbe is saying to you is that you're not, your kavana is not strong enough. And the Rebbe sent this guy to you, the Rebbe sent you this bittel, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, bilbil over here, to sense your weakness in your own davening, and to mechazik yourself even more. The main point said the Taldis is, to realize that the Rabbanu Shalom is everywhere, and He is everywhere that you're involved in. They're not to create a space that's din without an aleph. And don't do that yourself by being very from. Godless Rishon actually brings din to the world by doing such a thing. Don't go around like Rabbi Shimon in the, in the first 12 years and just burning things up. Get to that late level of Godless Shani, which is to realize that everywhere is the Rabbanu Shalom. Imkain, therefore, bisipuri devarim, even with stories, you have a, uh, like, like you're having a, a meaningless conversation with the mailman, you know? Not that there's anything wrong with mailman, but you understand. It's not, you're having a, a conversation, uh, you know, which is seemingly frivolous. Then you can learn, the Rabbanu is talking to you. It's not a human being, it's not the mailman, the Rabbanu is talking to you. No different than you're davening and learning. It's a strange, it's a strong lotion. And by having this path, the ikr is to, to let go of, this, of depression and sadness and to hold on to simcha. Because that's the difference. The godless region person is ultimately, ultimately stuck in sadness because as much as he wants to escape planet Earth, he'll never be able to, to the level that he wants. Because you could fast all you want. At the end of the day, you have to break your fast at some point. So there's ultimately going to be some frustration with godless region. Godless sheni? That's besimcha. You know, there's a, there's a famous Gemara, the Gemara says in Tainus Amaisa, this is, it's a, it's a well-known Gemara within the Taldas Yaakov Yosef, you know, those first couple generations, like I said. The Gemara says that, uh, was it Rabbi Shuvan Levi? I can't remember. One of the Amaroyim, I can't remember, he was, one, of the, one of the Amaroyim was walking in the Shuk, and he had Elyonavi, he met Elyonavi. Baruch Chazah, maybe. I think it was Baruch Chazah. Baruch Chazah met Elyonavi, and he asked him, is there anyone here that's Mibnei Oilam Haba, that's people of the next world. The simple meaning is that if they were to die right now, they would go to Eilam Haba. So, Elyonovi said, yeah, those two people over there. So the Amir goes over to them and he asks them, what do you do? And they say, we're Badchanim, we're comedians. Okay? And, and, and what's your, what do you do? So he said, our Indian is, we go and make people happy. And if we see particularly a person that's depressed, we'll get out of our way to just tell them a few jokes to Misamechen. Okay? And because of that, they're Bnei Eilam Haba. So, in Chassidus were taught that the Indian of those two Barchanim was this God Lashani. When they were saying jokes, it wasn't some jokes, these were, these were B'nai Oilam Haba. They were in Oilam Haba, in Oilam Haza. And their avoider was to go be Mesameach Yidin, to bring Yidin out of Atzvahs, and to show them how you could mamish be engaged in, in simple conversations of jokes, and it could be pneumistic. And that's what these Barchanim were doing. That's what he's saying over here. Now, the Sibra Mashachalim, it's an interesting thing. Uh, the Taldus says that he, that a, a chavr of his, one of the other Talmud of Hashem, told him the following dream. Shroba Chaloyim, that this other Talmud from the Baal Shem Tev saw uh, following, the, the, he saw in a dream like this. Shechet Tzipurloi, that someone told him in a dream. Sheyesh kama roifim refuas That there is such a thing, that a uh, person, that there, there are doctors out there that are able to heal people with medication that is bitter, bitter medication. But you know what a really good doctor is? A doctor that's able to heal. Through a, through a medication that's delicious, that's sweet. Sweeter than sugar. 
That was the dream. And said the Taldus, you want the interpretation of the dream is, that's what Taras Chasidus is. Shadei tainius v'sigufim, through fasting and punishing oneself, which is all the process, the mahalach of godless reason, v'asmadis limudai, and to learn to, to a degree where you're disconnected from other people. So goiver ha'atzvus, it's avodis Hashem, it's gavaldik, you get reward, it's refua, but it, but it has a side effect. What's the side effect? Depression. Umalamin chayval bnei ha'olam, and you're causing, and you're and you're being judgmental, and everyone else, and you actually might be causing churban, right? Shein oisin kamaisa that they don't do like you do. Menichin chay olam, all the things that Rabbi Shimon said. For refuah, it's a refuah. You're learning, you're davening, it's kavaldik, you get reward. Balidei marim ma'yamarim, but it's through bitter waters. It has that negative side effect. Mashenkin refuah zub derech zeh, but however, the second refuah. Which is the way the Balshamta, the Godless Shani, Shayitin Lave Bakoldover Maguna, Shray Bakhaver, that anything negative that you see in your friend, Shulatelas Atzmai, you redefine it as Hashem talking to you, and he's telling you a message about yourself. That's called a refua that's sweeter than that's sweeter than, than honey. by doing so, you cause compassion to the world because that guy, then until now, was looked at as a Russia. He turned into a Navi, turned into a Navi. Vakol Adam, and that person, the whole world, and every person, Sheyida, Shashem Yisbrach, who bekolda repati by recognizing that Hashem is, is, is Mamish in every single place. Let's skip the uh, next paragraph and go to the bottom paragraph line with this. Uvizeh Yuvan, based on all of this, we could explain. Kavanas Hashas, it's a well known Mishnah in Perkyavis. The Mishnah says, Lo'olam yehe Adam Rach Kakana. A person should be as soft as a, uh, as a reed. Like kashakare is not stubborn, not stiff, like a like a cedar. Veloy, it's a little bit mistake. Now that statement, on a simple level, is usually explained with things of this world, not to be stubborn, not to be you know to be a little bit more malleable. Things of this world. What said the told this is is true in avodis Hashem as well. Who klal? It's a klal. Sheyalul madrega that you should reach a level of rach kakana, to be soft and malleable like a cedar. That what? That any situation you find yourself in, you're okay with it and you're comfortable with it because you don't see it as a situation that's outside of Hashem's, uh, of Avadis Hashem. Sheyitin lev, you have to pay attention and to recognize, shagam madrega shakolechad, the madrega of every single person that you meet, every situation you find yourself in, that could be a place of Avadis Hashem. Not only when you're learning in Davening. Every conversation, every experience could be an opportunity to take Musr, to, to learn something about yourself. But not to be stubborn like a cedar. What does it mean to be stubborn like a cedar? To have that stubbornness of thinking that Avadis Hashem looks like this. But this Hashem looks like it has to be under the right conditions, the right environment, the right place, the right chavr, the right everything. That's where Avadis Hashem can take place. That's called being stubborn like a cedar. Shia to be someone that's hard himself. Shayna Aurival Vanagas Khaver is someone who then becomes difficult for other people to handle. Rakanogas Atzmai, the only thing you could ta- you could handle is yourself, always lost and no, no one else. That's called Kashikare. It's a person that has to be Rachakana, soft like a cedar, like a like a reed. Soft like a like a reed means. Other people like you, you like other people, you're Mu'urav Bein Habrias. And Mu'urav Bein Habrias is a simon of God Lashem. That's why the Gemara even says that, it's, it's quoted also in Sif Chassidus, that the Gemara says if you, the, if you want to know, you want to know um, if you are Merutza, if you are liked by the Ravonish Loilam, then see if other people like you. If you're liked by other people, Mastama, you're liked by the Ravonish Loilam. The deeper meaning of that is, is if you're liked by other people, 
that, and that's obviously because you like them, and you're someone that people get along with, that means that, you, that that's called God Lashani. If you're Navi Hashem, that's called God Lashani. And then you're Marutza, you're beloved in the eyes of Hashem because you're on the same page as Him. You're looking at the universe from His perspective. So, of course, there's no reason, you know, the, the Rabbana Shalom uh, looks at it from His way. If you're looking at it a different way, you're not seeing eye to eye. But to see eye to eye means the simon of whether you are seeing things eye to eye with the Rabbana Shalom is whether or not you're someone that's comfortable with other people. If you're Marutza bin Ibris, Murv bin that's a simon. That's a symbol that you have that madrig of God Lashani. That's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is therefore a time of God Lashani and the time of Oinik Shabbos, of, 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 you know, to, of being with family, being with friends. In the older way, before the Baal Shem Tev, it didn't make any sense. If Shabbos day is going to be God Lashani, which is Lamal Midar which means to serve Hashem with, with absolute mysterious nefesh, beyond the level of human, uh, of human limitations. What is That's not Shabbos day. Shabbos day is nice. What's wrong with Shabbos day? So, but, but now the way the Baal Shem Tov is redefining what God Lashani means and what Lamal Midar Chateva means, that's Mamash what Shabbos is. To be Mu'ur of Ben Ebrius. Hashem should help us. We should be Zaychat to be Mu'ur of Ben Ebrius, to have this Madrig of God Lashani. So that's Shomer Vazachar. Shomer means, even Shomer means like everything is an enemy. You know, you have to be on guard as if you're going to be destroyed. You know, Zachar is already positive. Zachar means do something about it, you know? It's a different Madrigah. <laughs>